0: Buttons and bullet triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 111. Today, I'm going to chat with Devin from Trench Work Chronicles. Talk about the Baltimore stabbing and discuss the Sky CPX four. And of course, uh, obviously, I'm out of it because I can't even pronounce stabbing today. Devin, how are you doing?
2: I'm fantastic. Thank you for having
1: me. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you're fantastic. I'm kind of running around crazy because I leave for Texas. I'm actually, I'm going to do that Triarch Systems aerial gunnery thing and super excited. Um In fact, by the time this show comes out, I would have already done it. So hopefully future me did a good job and because I'm essentially, I'm shooting guns out of helicopters. So hopefully future me did a really good job. I was able to shoot at least one target. (laughs) And if you guys are curious how that went, I'm sure that I'm going to post a lot of stuff on my social media. So check out my Instagram accounts, Elite Firearms and Training and Gun Funny Podcast as well as Facebook. All right, but enough about that. We're going to talk about Manicore Arms. Alright, so for those who own the Yugo AK, um, Manticore makes the Renegade Forearm. But they also make the Renegade optic mount top that goes on top of that forearm. And basically, it allows you to put a red dot on there. It's compatible with like the Burris Fast Fire, Aimpoint, a few of the primary arms optics. So if you're interested, head on over to ManicoreArms.com. That is selling right now for $64.95. But you're not going to pay full price because you'll use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that will get you 15% off.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: So before we start, I'm going to call you out. And I think you already yeah. know what I'm going to say because I feel like we've, we've done this before. <laughs> ah. But so I was recently on your podcast, um, not too long ago and It's funny because you told me after the show, the reason why you didn't approach me sooner is because I seemed really intimidating and mean.
2: Um, Intimidating. I didn't want to, I didn't call you mean.
1: I mean, that's kind of like what you alluded to is that, you know, when you saw me, I gave you a really nasty look and you were just like, oh, ouch.
2: (laughs) I I like to use the term intimidating because there's no like, there's less malicious feeling with the word intimidating. Like it could just be me my and my misperception, which it honestly was because you're like the nicest person in the world, well, thank uh, you, um, but yeah,
1: I think that, honestly, I, I think per- it's just it's really i have great. like I have like resting bitch face all the time, unless I'm talking to somebody or like laughing about something i I think I just generally like look mean
2: i I get that a lot too, yeah, well, even when I'm laughing at certain stuff, I always get that I shouldn't be laughing at that. Oh, okay. What?
1: Well, <laughs> let's not let's not talk about what you shouldn't be laughing about because I might oh. judge. Um. So while we're on the topic of your podcast, why don't you tell listeners what it's about and and also, well, okay, we'll start off go into detail as to what it's about.
2: Well, originally, it was started to basically bridge a gap between urban America and the black community and the gun world. Essentially, when I first bought my first firearm, I was looking for more like minded people and gun groups and prepper groups and stuff like that. And I ran into who is now the sponsor of my podcast and my good friend, John Crump, who is a writer for Ammo Land and I believe the founder of the Liberty Report. The Patriot News Podcast Network and Black Swan Media. But we basically linked up at one of their three up VA. It was just like a general regional meeting. And after the meeting was over, me and John talked for a long time and he was just very intrigued about what I wanted to do and how I guess I wanted to get involved into the gun world. Mm-hmm. So we set out to set up for a goal to start a podcast because he told me he had airspace on his network for a show. So we started doing that. And after that, we started looking for, I guess, like anti-gun rallies to see if we could engage in some of the anti-gunners. Mm-hmm. So we eventually ran into um David Hogg over at the NRA headquarters.
1: Oh, that's interesting. And-
2: For, I mean, for what we were able to do, I would say we somewhat stole the crowd once we were there and got to actually move within because we came from behind and had we come from where all the other pro-gun people were, we basically would have been stuck on a, between a giant barricade Mm -hmm. and really weren't able to interact with anybody. Yeah. So we came up from behind and basically approached all the anti-gun people from the back and It was pretty cool because we figured out that a lot of people aren't as staunch in their beliefs as, you know, media might perceive them to be. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just misinformed. And once they're able to see that we're not crazy gun nuts who have no compassion or feeling,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and we can rationalize and help them understand why we love and do what we do, if we're not able to agree, at least come to a decent understanding of each other. Yeah. And- i once we got to see that, I just felt like this was something that I wanted to do more. So that's what my podcast really revolves around. Now is bridging gaps and breaking stereotypes. Nice.
1: And then where did you get the name Trench Work Chronicles?
2: Man. <laughs> a lot of people ask me that question and honestly, one day I was sitting with a couple of my friends there who are now my podcast hosts. Uh-huh. Um Oski and Grow. Um, and I was just talking to him and I was like, I was like, yo, like, I really want to start highlighting the people who aren't afraid to do stuff on their own. Meaning like, if they see a problem, they're going to address it and they don't really care if other people are going to follow them or not. Mm -hmm. They see something and they have to do it. Meaning they have to get into the trenches by themselves and get to work. And I love that mentality. So... I was just thinking of different names, and that was the one that stuck. Hmm. So really, that's that's kind of the mentality behind it is, you know, it's almost like a martyr complex. Like, we don't really care what happens to us as long as the message and uh, the agenda gets pushed forward.
1: Gotcha. And you only recently started getting into guns, correct? I mean, uh, wait... Hold on, so I totally just got, um distracted because there's a spider on the wall. <laughs> so, excuse me while I, I kill this spider.
0: Oh god!
1: <laughs> I don't even know if I got
2: it. I'm laughing, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you.
1: So, I don't know if I just, like, smushed it where it just literally disappeared, or if I ran somewhere and I don't even know where it is. Okay, I'm okay.
2: uh, Was it a spider cricket?
1: Yeah, no, a spider cricket. What is a spider cricket?
2: Oh, y'all don't have those in Colorado? No,
1: we have we have crickets and we have spiders, but they don't mate together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. On the East Coast, we got these things called spider crickets. They're... Eight-legged crickets, basically. And they dwell in basements.
1: Ugh, wow. Yeah, I'm glad we don't have those. All right. So, back to business. So, from my knowledge, you only recently like shot guns just, what, like a few years ago?
2: Yeah. I bought my first gun in 2014. It was a Walther PPX, 9 millimeter.
1: Very nice. I thought you were going to say high point.
2: It's... It's a custom (laughs) high. If you look it up, Uh, I'm just
1: kidding. So that was like that was horrible, and that was very stereotypical, and that was a total joke. Uh, so so I mean, you haven't gotten like you haven't been shooting guns that long. Kind of like very similar to my story. What made you pick up your first gun and decide that you wanted to get into it?
2: I was raised around guns, whether they were legal or illegal. But to be honest, for the most part, it was legal. My great grandfather was a security guard and he used to let me help him load his revolver every night before he left. So that was my first introduction to anything with the firearm was him. I feel like that was a blessing because growing up, and black community and having the influences and the negative perception of guns that's promoted to us, I was able to understand that you know like this is just entertainment and like that's not really what it's about, which was honestly a a a rarity I would say because not a lot of people would get that, but um that was really my introduction to firearms and then the first time I actually was able to shoot one, I was in school and I took criminal justice and I actually still shoot at the same range where I shot my first pistol.
1: Was that like part of the the course or?
2: Yeah, we did the whole like, uh we basically simulated a police academy for, mm-hmm. I guess, like two or three months. And part of the course was going to the shooting range. So we signed permission slips, took a small intro to pistol class, and it was a bunch of sixteen and seventeen year olds at the shooting range. Hmm,
1: that's pretty cool. Gee. I don't know
2: if they still do it, but it that's was, what I was going to ask. Like a cause, thing in my school.
1: yeah, I was going to say I'm like I'm curious to see if they still have that program, especially where you know how everything is nowadays. <clears throat> Cause I think that they should like bring back like home ec and wood shop, especially now that I own my house and I don't, I have a newer house so things don't break, but I have no idea how to do anything. Like you should have seen the first time I tried to mow a lawn. I thought it was like a vacuum where you're just like going back and forth. <gasps> and yeah, that was just like three years ago. Cause I never mowed a lawn before that. So I think that there's, like, certain things that they should teach you in school, like, even gun safety, how to do your taxes, you know, like, the more important things.
2: I spoke to my one of my aunts about this, and I was asking her about, like, gun violence and shootings when she was younger. And she was like, we didn't deal with any anything like this. Like, she was like, this is all new. Like, this is all y'all's type of stuff. And Uh I asked her, I was like, well y'all also had a lot of guns around you, right? She was like, yeah, like basically back then police officers would come into school for like a certain amount of time and teach uh firearm safety to kids, which built, you know, citizen and police relationships on top of promoting proper firearm safety. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't understand where anti gunners don't understand that. Once you took that education away you started seeing more and more and more misuses of firearms, especially with younger people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: I, I feel like it's an easy fix. Education is the key.
1: Yeah. I think with anything really. And honestly, you can never have enough education. I'm right. going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. If you've been on SB Tactical's website recently, um, you would know that it's been down, and that's just because they were moving, so they weren't operating, and uh, they weren't operating their business, but it comes out, so the show comes out on Monday. On Tuesday, it will be back up and running, so definitely head on over to sb-tactical.com, and if you see something you like, which I know you will, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that will get you 15% off. So why don't you see typically a lot of African-Americans in the gun community? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Just like what we were talking about before, um, education and influence. I believe that with black people in general, we're not taught properly what guns are for anymore. Anymore. I'll say that. Because at one point we were. Mm -hmm. But um, the... I'll say the general perception of guns in the black neighborhood is negative because the first thing that we see are police with guns. And normally in the black community, police aren't looked at in a very positive light. Mm -hmm. So police, gun, they correlate into a negative mindset. Mm -hmm. And if it's not with a police, it's normally with a drug dealer or or a robber or somebody – Creating and doing malicious activities, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) A lot of the times on top of that, you know, proper firearm safety isn't ever really promoted because a lot of the times in the black community, some black, especially black men aren't even allowed to own firearms because of criminal history. So uh, when you factor all that in together, honestly, I believe the gun community, or not the gun community, but the black community with guns is just a couple generations behind. I believe now that we have more prominent figures and people like Maj, Kevin Dixie, Ken Blanchard, Ken Scott, Argo J, all of these more, I'll say relatable black men becoming bigger and bigger and spreading their messages. Mm-hmm. It's becoming more of a common and normal thing. And I think once we continue that growth and figure out how to bring in the next generation, we'll be able to start catching up to everybody else.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: On top of that, the gun community, and I don't, I don't blame them, but the gun community also has to figure out a way to engage the black community properly. So that, you know, everybody feels welcome. Yeah. Because the whole stigma of guns and the NRA go hand in hand. And then black people always assuming that the NRA is this giant racist organization is like, nobody's going to want to talk about gun rights. If that's the first thing that they hear about is the NRA and racism. That mm-hmm. remind the fact that, you know, you might want a gun to shoot a racist, but yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. So it is kind of funny because, I mean, like aside from like Colon Noir, I mean, the NRA doesn't really do a ton to market towards, you know, black people or even, um, even like younger generations. Like I think the first time that I met you was at the NRA show in Indiana. And, um, I mean, I was surprised that literally there was nobody there that was like, younger than like 40 years old. I mean, it was just mostly 40 and up and, and for the most part it was like, I guess they were like seventies, you know? And it was kind of sad because it makes you realize that, well, what's going to happen when these people day die off and what are we doing to, keep our rights because with each generation, we have to carry, you know, we have to like pass on our beliefs and, and really push like the importance of the constitution. And if we're not doing that, then I see, you know, the second amendment just diminishing.
2: I agree. I agree. And to add to that, we see anti gunners weaponizing children to really start supporting legislation that's going to take rights away from them. That they're not even gonna be able to exercise right away. Mm -hmm. Like we have 16, 17 year olds talking about they want gun control. They're not even old enough to know, you know what I'm saying, what gun control even means yet.
1: Yeah. I know. And I actually do think that those figures like David Hogg, you know, they are also gaining the interest of younger people and then they're, you know, and that's what they see and then they, I'm not saying that they're easily manipulated, but I would say that they probably, you know, can eventually, like, they'll probably side with people that are their age that are taking a stance. And we don't really, I mean, for one, I think that using kids is, is ridiculous. It's actually quite disgusting, but we don't really have a bunch of, like a ton of organizations out there where, where there's like younger adults trying to get the, the word across.
2: Right. Agreed. And like you said, it's, it's, it's disgusting that people will even weaponize children, but the fact that we as a gun community have nothing to combat that with, like my first, one of my first encounters, I think I spoke about it already, was I was face to face with David Hogg at the NRA headquarters. Mm-hmm. And one, he's disingenuous completely because he wouldn't even have a conversation with me or the person I was with when one of the people that he was there with brought us to him. Right. Like we basically ran into one of his supporters. We had a conversation. It was a good conversation. He, this kid then walked away, went to David Hogg and was like, I think you need to hear what these guys have to say. And he completely shut down the whole conversation. Like he didn't want to hear anything. We still have the video too, but, um, Once we figure that out, like I had to turn to the kid and I had to let him know, like, I hope you see like what you're supporting is somebody who's not transparent, somebody who only wants you to hear one side of the quote unquote argument and isn't willing to dialogue with the other side to find some type of common ground. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we can flip a lot of these people who are on the fence about guns who aren't necessarily anti-gun, but they just don't know. Yeah, And that's where kids are. A lot of kids just want to be a part of something that's right and that's positive, but they're very uneducated. And when you have people who know that and will use that against them, I mean, they're, they're sheep and it's sad to see. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like we have to address. That's why I will always shine light on anybody who's focused on the next generation.
1: Mm-hmm. So in, you're based out of Virginia, correct?
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: So in Virginia, you have like the NRA, Gun Owners of America. You have, what other organizations are there? Oh, the NRA. Well, I know I said yeah. the NRA, duh. The
2: NRA, Gun Owners of America, uh, Virginia Defense Citizens League. We got a lot of them, like right here. Yeah. I and mean, it's, we're,
1: I'm sure it's very political car. as well.
2: Very, very. I have a lot of good friends over at Gun Owners of America.
1: Yeah, you seem to be... You're definitely... You You seem like you're a really strong supporter of GOA.
2: Yes. I love the GOA. They're 10 toes down. 100%. Like, there's, there's nothing you have to ask about them when it comes to the Second Amendment. They are not compromising. It's funny because... We recently all went down to the state capitol in Richmond, and we were engaging with a lot of the Moms Demand action, and they were out in droves. I mean, these are the most I've seen, like, ever. It wasn't that many of us, but we were able to, you know, make a decent impact, especially the ones that were talking to anti-gunners. But the reason why I love the GOA so much is that I think they're – They understand that there's a need for the next generation to get intrigued with the movement of the Second Amendment and guns in general and even in the aspect of urban America and black people and guns they were the gun organization that fully endorsed Maj as soon as he announced his city council campaign. They shouted me out on their website and they are, they're always supporters of anything that I do. So I support them because they support me and I love the transparency, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not like a bunch of fans like the NRA.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Eric Pratt is like the funniest guy in the world. And he wrote me a handwritten cursive letter telling me that he liked my uh, podcast. Wow. So that's another reason why I'm a fan of the GOA. Hell yeah.
1: When's the last time you got a handwritten letter? I think like a birthday card. Somebody signed their name. And, right. Um, I
2: think my great grandmother sends out handwritten yeah. cards, but
1: but you don't see cursive nowadays either.
2: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I felt kind of important.
1: Yeah, I would too. Um So what is it like? I mean, between the different organizations, the location and stuff is. I mean, is it like night and day?
2: It's. I mean, there the the organizations like their appearances are exactly who they are. Like gun owners of America, they're in a building at the top of this, you know, regular like business building, office building.
1: I was, I was and, thinking you, know, you were going to say that they were like located in the hood.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, they're close, like uh-huh. close enough. Yeah. Like, like I got a friend who actually, he's going to start being a little bit more uh prominent in my movement with uh rights reform, but the GOA isn't far from his house. Mm-hmm.
1: So basically, <laughs> um, but, if you take, like, a few, you know, go down a few turns,
2: streets, yeah, you'll right end up, there. yeah. But, um, yeah. And then you have the NRA, which is this giant skyscraper that you see on the highway. Big, shiny windows, says uh, National Rifle Association of America. And Every 14th of every month, they get protested by anti-gunners in front of their building. And from what I know, they don't do anything about it. And honestly, at this point, that's what we see from the NRA is a bunch of fluff. Mm-hmm. They like to find their pockets. I actually looked up Wayne LaPierre's annual salary the other day. And it's like $5 million plus. Wow. And I was like, wow. 5 million plus. I was like, so just dividing up mem- Like, I want to know how many members are just paying for salaries.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that's crazy. And, then, like- and, and nothing for nothing but, so, you know, as you've said, like if you go to these rallies and you talk to the people that are anti-gun, and a lot of times they just don't really have enough knowledge about the subject, and if you talk to them and kind of like lay it out, they tend to Be a little bit more open minded. So, um, it kind of seems like the NRA is like missing a good opportunity when they do have these protests every 14th of the month. They're missing a good opportunity to maybe change a few minds.
2: Right. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with the NRA having paid activists. Mm -hmm. Like you need people to be in the streets, combating what's going on in the streets. Put people, put boots on the ground. Like that's cool. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? But do something to where you're gonna have a genuine impact in combating the bullshit that's going on right in front of you mm-hmm. every month.
0: Yeah.
1: So I gotta ask, um, and maybe this is it's it's probably just It's probably kind of an outdated question, but, you know, being so like me being a female in the industry, everyone's always asking like, oh, what is it like being a female in the industry? And, you know, I mean, I would say that African-Americans are just as much of a minority as women, if not, you know, even more of a minority. So, I mean, how is it being an African-American in the gun industry?
2: Um, (laughs) it's funny because me and my friends were just talking about this. It's interesting because on one hand, you have, I'm, I'll be frank, you have a lot of like racist fuds that really just need to die off. And then on the <laughs> other hand, like on the complete opposite spectrum, you have these overzealous Afrocentric, like everybody should go back to Africa, second amendment guys mm-hmm. or gun guy, right? So then you have everybody who falls in the middle that has common sense, right? (laughs) And honestly, that's where our balance really, uh, I guess the balance really um, takes over where you have to really focus is really staying 10 toes down with what you believe and not swaying one way or the other and getting influenced by people that might just be, supporting you with an ulterior motive of maybe using you as a prop to get back at somebody else. Mm -hmm. Meaning you might have some white people that are, you know, favorable of you only because you're a black guy. That's looking different than the black people who are Mm anti-gun, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. they might use you aspect, but you have to be mindful of that. And at the same time, You have to deal with the Afrocentric dudes who are yelling that everything is racist and you shouldn't be dealing with white people. Yet you're an NRA certified instructor, meaning the curriculum that you're probably teaching came from a white person. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. (laughs) Like it, it's just funny sometimes. It's really funny. Like I, in, in two days, I've had a black person tell me, he doesn't know what side I'm on. And that white person tell me that I'm a race baiting racist. I was like, man, if y'all <laughs> would just stop trying to box me in and listen to what I have to say. Yeah. Maybe you'd be able to get a more accurate perception of me.
1: Yeah. And it it's like, it is still sad that like we're in 2019 and people are still basing a lot of beliefs, like based on color and, you know, and like stereotypes and stuff when... I mean I think that anybody who's kind of thinking outside the box and branching out um I mean I I definitely respect them.
2: Right. I mean personally I believe it's people's own insecurities being projected onto you mm-hmm. like what the the extreme black people right I feel like they are, are in my opinion projecting their fear of racism onto me. And the fact that since I won't compromise and I will I know that I'm not gonna compromise, I'll deal with anybody that I you know that I need to deal with, regardless of race. Like they don't know if they would compromise. So I feel like they might just be projecting what they might do onto me. And that's not the case. Like I'll do whatever I want to do. Um actually me and Maj talked about this on our show last Friday the whole being a free rebel it's like you can't i don't have a master you know what i mean like we don't subscribe to that tribalistic like i'm 10 toes down on either side like whatever is correct is what we're gonna ride with and that's just how i i get down
1: okay um and then like what do you have planned for the future
2: Plan for the future. Um, Honestly, I'm kind of following the template that was laid out to me by everybody that I've already shouted out earlier. Kevin Dixie, Mars Touré, Ken Blanchard. I would like to start some kind of outreach and mentoring program. Mm-hmm. We're actually in the like beginning stages of that. But um, I want to do that. And I would love to... And the next year or so, at least become a basic pistol instructor and be able to get people can concealed carry permits. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to do it as fast as you did it as far as the whole six months thing, but I'm going to try.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I think that that's actually – I mean those are all really great like future goals and I definitely think that what you're doing is uh, is really important and you're doing a good job. Listeners, where can they find you? Like on social media, where can they find your podcast?
2: Well, if you go on my Instagram page, that's mainly where I promote most of the stuff. You can go to my bio. The link to the podcast network is in there. All of my episodes are right there. All you have to do is click and go in. Actually, your episode is still reigning champ for the last, I believe two to three months. Your show is still top at the top of the list as far as listens go. That's crazy. So did you,
1: have you only done like two episodes or one episode?
2: (laughs) Nah, we had, I think, We counted it was out of like seven or eight that you're still like at the top
1: wow that's kind of surprising because before i was on your show i looked at other guests and i mean you had some really big names on there i was really surprised i mean i wasn't surprised but i was like oh good for you you know for getting these people on the show so that does surprise me but that's that's kind of cool to hear so guys if you're listening Head on over and give Trench Work Chronicles a follow and listen to their podcast. And, and um,
2: fullyloadedclip.com. Everything that I do is always going to be reposted on that website.
1: And what um, was it again?
2: Fullyloadedclip.com. Okay. It's a play on words. You know, it's a video site. I guess we're kind of like the world star of the gun industry, but
1: okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. And you have time to hang out for the rest of the show.
2: I do. Awesome.
1: All right. We are going to talk about Sportsman's Guide. Right now, Sportsman's Guide has complete ARs for sale under $500. And... If you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you will get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. So you're saving even more money. And I mean, nowadays, a complete AR under $500, bucks, pretty good deal considering how much it costs for you to build one. Um, and I would say now is the time to definitely load up on ARs, ammo. I mean, when is it not a good time? But head on over to sportsmansguide.com and check them out.
0: Stupid. Funny. Cool, interesting, awesome. As f- never mind. A-F.
1: so, just recently there was like a Maryland. What it says: Maryland police shot, killed man who stabbed five people. So that's like pretty close to home for you.
2: Not only is it close to home for me, it's especially close to my co-host, um, Ro. He's the one that said uh, runs fully loaded clip. Uh-huh. He lives about 10 minutes from where the incident actually happened. Wow. And when I was speaking to him about it, he told me that... Well, first I called him when I got the headline on my phone. I was like, this isn't like close to y'all. Like none of your friends or anything were affected. He was like, no, that's like the suburban side. And he was like, that's one of those they think it'll never happen here type of places.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: From what I read the attack was completely like unwarranted and random. And when I was reading it, I was like, there's so much to take from this story because it highlights so many stances that the second amendment community tries to uh, bring forth in conversations. And now it's just coming to reality in one situation. Like the cops, yes, they were able to neutralize the, the stabber or the mm-hmm. person committing the crime, mm-hmm. but five people still got injured in between the time that it started and the cops having to get there. Yeah. So in Maryland where and in Baltimore specifically where there's nothing but high levels of gun restrictions and really infringements,
0: mm-hmm.
2: some of these people may have wanted to be armed and they probably would have been better off being able to defend themselves and being their own first responder as opposed to waiting for the police to get there. And it also points out the fact that you don't need a gun to do evil deeds. Oh yeah. Like this guy was able to stab five people.
1: In like a very short period of time. So just in case people don't know, or they haven't heard. So it, it seems like this took place at a liquor store. The guy was threatening people and demanding money. Um, at the liquor store, he was able to stab four people and then he stabbed the fifth, um, in front of a restaurant, I think as he was, uh, fleeing the scene. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's not random for Baltimore, but it's random.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, and I definitely know those areas where it's like, Oh, this is like, you know, suburbia. Like it doesn't any, nothing bad happens here. And uh right. yeah, kinda kinda makes me like almost think twice about going into a liquor store. Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that's you crazy. you
2: guys still have like actual liquor stores out there?
1: Yeah, you don't?
2: No. Everything here in Virginia is an ABC store. What is that? Oh man, I don't even know what ABC technically stands for. It's Wait, where everybody is gets. That-
1: well, that's like, um, they have that in Vegas, right? Like off the strip. I
2: don't know. It's like, kind of like, it's kind of like, it's, like
1: a, it's almost like a, I don't know, kind of like a CVS sort of, but it sells liquor.
2: Nah, it's all alcohol, but it's the one place where I guess they're allowed to sell like all alcohol everywhere else is only allowed to sell, sell beer, wine, and like wine coolers.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they actually just passed here in Colorado that, because before it was just like the the really low alcohol content, like the, what, the 2.4 or whatever. I don't even know. I don't mess with that. But um that was like in grocery stores and stuff. But then they passed where you can actually sell like the same alcohol content that is in beer at regular liquor stores that you can in grocery stores and stuff. And so that was like a big thing because a lot of liquor stores were afraid that they were going to lose a lot of money from that. But yeah, we still have liquor stores and they're pretty much on every block right next to the marijuana stores here in Colorado.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gotta love Colorado. Oh yeah. Exercising freedom.
1: Yep, You definitely, highest
0: level.
1: yeah. And it's not just about the altitude. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh so now let's talk about Sharps Bros. Are you familiar with Sharps Brothers? Well, Sharps Bros.
2: Vaguely. Um I got to see a couple of their rifles at um Kevin Dixie's T N L event. Okay. That was pretty cool. Which one shot one. Uh huh. But I'm not too familiar, so I don't want to say anything wrong but they're cool they're very cool
1: so um which one did you see because they were uh because he has like the skull the hog the i think it's a shark he even has one that's like uh i think it's called the live wire and the
2: skull the skull i was thinking i was had to think first it was definitely the skull though
1: okay nice yeah that one i think that one that one has to be like their most popular because i always see that one everywhere. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically, it's the lower receiver and it is made out of complete, like just a solid block of aluminum. And they make, you know, like a skull shape or uh the overthrow, which kind of looks like a, I don't know how you describe this. I don't know. How would you describe the overthrow? It's like basically, Man. it's like a, a battle, battle helmet kind of.
2: So Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it close to like a Spartan helmet?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's more, it's closer to that. Yeah. See, this is, this is why I need guests on the show. Cause I'm like, I don't know. It looks like a helmet, but it's like raw. It's like mean looking. <laughs> 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 but what's nice about all these lowers is like, not only do they add like uniqueness to your AR, but they're all under $300. So definitely head on over to sharpsbros.com and check them out.
0: Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: All right, today's question is White Claw or Truly? And Devin, I already know you don't drink, so I don't even think you could answer this. But I will answer for both of us, and I would say definitely White Claw. The memes are hilarious. If you haven't seen the memes, just Google White Claw memes. Truly, I don't know, I think, not to say that I'm an alcohol snob, but or that I know my alcohol that well, but I would say that Truly kind of tastes like it has like cheaper vodka, and I've noticed that I've always gotten a headache after drinking Truly, so I'm kind of all about the White Claw. And this is probably the perfect time to announce that I am now launching a White Claw-esque gun funny sticker. It's pretty funny. Um, so look at it. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to post it on social media. I should actually have it by the time the show comes out. Um, if not, then it'll come out in like the next couple of days. I'll have them in stock, but you know, now would be a good time to get your gun funny white claw sticker and you can get that at gunfunny.com. All right. Polymer 80. So Polymer 80 has um complete kits that you can buy. They also have complete slides, and what that includes is like the barrel, the parts kit, obviously the slide, the sights, the guide rod, and I believe it's on their website for like $4.25, but if you use the code GUNFUNNY, you will get 15% off, so that's a pretty good deal considering a lot of these places where you see the slide, I mean, they're pretty expensive as is. I think the slide um, typically is like around 300 bucks. So to get everything else included, that's a pretty good deal, especially after you use that code. So head on over to Palmer80.com and check them out.
0: Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Recently, I had the opportunity to review a Sky CPX4. And previously, I do remember shooting the Sky CPX1 and the two. And I think the only difference between the two at the time was just the safety. One had an active safety. The other one didn't. But, uh, I mean, I'm always up for reviewing stuff, even if I was like not really impressed with the product beforehand or the actual company, which I'm not saying that applies to Sky, but I'm just saying in general, being in the industry, I, typically won't turn anything down to review. So the CPX4, I got to say, I was actually pretty impressed with it. I put 200 rounds through it. I did not have a single malfunction, which is pretty rare, especially for a brand new gun, because typically you get, you know, failure to eject, uh, failure to go into battery. And this thing like ran flawlessly. It also was extremely accurate. So if you, my I posted my video on YouTube. You guys can um, head on over to just, just search for Ava Flanell, and you'll see that that video is on there. But I was shooting anywhere from like five to maybe nine yards and I consistently hit dead center. I think there was only like one round that got outside the bullseye. And then it also was very flat shooting. And it is a 380, so obviously it's not going to have enough, it's not going to have that much recoil anyways, but I really wasn't trying to use any sort of like shooting technique. And it's still, you know, when I like go back and look at the video, it's, it's very flat shooting. There's, there's very little muzzle flip. And I think that's because of their, it's called a Roebuck quad lock, which I don't quite understand. I was looking at it last night trying to figure out the difference between what they're saying diff, like differentiates Their product from like just typical products out there and the only thing that I could figure out was there's like a pin in the, in one of the barrels but I, even then I don't want to go into details with that because I don't necessarily quite understand it enough to discuss it. I mean whatever they did, they, they definitely created a gun that does shoot really well. On their website it does say that it has an effortless slide. I don't know if I would agree with that. It definitely wasn't as effortless as like the Smith & Wesson M&P Shield 380 Easy, but it definitely wasn't like the most difficult slide to rack. It came with three magazines. They all hold 10 rounds. The only thing that I didn't like was the trigger. So it's double action only. Sky has always consistently made double action only. I personally hate double action only. And this trigger was just extremely long. Even the reset was just like insane. So I think that if they were to start making like striker fire guns or even, you know, even if it was like the traditional double action where it's like first shots double, every consecutive shot single, I think they'd have a pretty legit gun. And then... The entire gun is, uh, under 300 bucks, which is pretty good. Have you checked out this guy at all?
2: We actually did a, an affordable firearms review on Sky's line of firearms at Enron. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: So what were your thoughts on it?
2: It was a good gun for the price. Our, our goal was to find quality firearms under $500 and that was definitely one of them. Um, it seemed like Sky was kind of trying to revamp their image mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And it seems like they're definitely heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I would just say, like, I mean, I doubt that they're going to listen to my podcast or if they're going to watch the video, but I would, if I were them, I would, I would definitely steer away from the double action. I think that's really the only thing that's hurting them now because it's rare that you get a gun brand new right out of the box and it doesn't have a single malfunction, so, I think they're they're doing some good stuff. All right, so now it's time for iTunes reviews. So guys, definitely keep those iTunes reviews coming. I greatly appreciate it. If you're not a fan of iTunes, if it's difficult to access, if you don't have an iPhone, just, you know, you can always head on over to the Gun Funny Facebook page and leave a review there. So today's review, the first one is from Adrian P2A. 5 stars, best growing podcast. I had the privilege to listen to the podcast since day one and seeing it grow. The info is to the top and as fresh as it gets. I had to get an iTunes account, not by choice, because my job decided iPhone is the best. But anyway, one good thing about it is that now I can give you guys a review. So big shout out to Gun Funny. Definitely different worth listening to. Thank you very much. Second one is Kalut, Five stars. Great podcast. I like the idea of knowledgeable women pro two a podcast. I listen to several two A podcasts on my commute to work. This is the one I turn on when my daughter's in the car. She just started in she just started in a super liberal college and I have to try to counteract the indoctrination. And that actually That's makes Well, okay, so that makes me laugh because so when I my freshman year of college, the college that I picked, it was like the most liberal All women's Catholic school. And I don't know what I was thinking, why I wanted to go to this college. I only went for my freshman year because then I, I eventually just transferred to the, the Fordham, the co-ed side of Fordham. But I remember my mom thinking like that I'm just going to turn into some like liberal crazy feminist. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a feminist, but you know what I'm talking about? Like there's like the extreme where it's just like, all right, lady, you know, it's, it's like the same thing with you know, the extreme like racist or something. I think anything extreme is just, it puts me off. But to give you an example of how liberal this school was. So the year before that I got accepted, Hillary Clinton came and spoke in front of the college. So yeah, that's how, that's how liberal it was. I think that my mom would be extremely happy with, you know, the direction that I took. I wish that she was here to see it because uh, she wasn't around when I started this career, but I'm sure that she's happy that I didn't turn out to be, you know, some crazy liberal feminist and, uh, and I'm very much pretty conservative and definitely 100% pro two a. So, all right. So now wrapping up. So guys go ahead and visit me at gunfunny.com. You'll find the links to, uh, social media. So like I said before, I am going to be posting videos and pictures of my aerial gunnery event so that should be pretty cool. Also, if you want to check out my YouTube, I have a new YouTube channel, Ava Flannell. There's uh that's also located on Gun Funny. And if you just you know want to support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. There's lots of different tiers. A dollar gets you access to the Patreon only Facebook group, which is a ton of fun. Uh, really good people in there. You also get entered into winning a three hundred dollar gift certificate from Blown Deadline. And if you're not familiar with Blown Deadline, he's the one who has pretty much done coat work for uh, a ton of people in the gun industry. He does amazing work. So once a month, I'm drawing a lucky winner. And I just wanted to say that uh, I wanted to thank my $25 Patreons, who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Silencer Shop, Joe Lyons, and Charger Arms. And because of you guys... I'm able to have an editor and producer who is Kenny Ortega. He does an amazing job. And our king of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And he wants me to say that operator tickles once took a lie detector test. The machine gun, or I'm sorry, the machine confessed to everything. The machine gun. Jeez. You could tell where my head's at. (laughs) And Devin, we're actually friends on Facebook. So you've seen tickles. My dog tickles.
2: Very cute.
1: She's super cute. Yeah. She's so little. She's, I mean, so keep in mind, the camera adds 10 pounds, but she's only four. So she looks much bigger in pictures than she really is. How old is she? She's six and a half. (laughs) So she's full grown. She's as big as she's going to get. When I first got her, she was like under a pound. It was crazy. All right, guys. So if you want to become a Patreon, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash GunFunny. And as always, I'm still giving away a tag pack at the end of the month. All you have to do to enter is go to GunFunny.com forward slash TP and just leave your name and your email address. I'll draw a lucky winner. Otherwise, you can head on over to TagPack.com, use the code GunFunny, and you will get a free ABKT knife with your first box. And Devin, once again, I wanted to thank you for joining me today. Just remind listeners again where they can find you.
2: Thank you for having me on. You can find me on Instagram at Trenchwork Chronicles. And on there in my bio is the link to my podcast where you can find all the episodes, including yours. Yeah, guys.
1: Well, I was going to say, yeah, guys, head on over. And if nothing else, like keep me in the running. Keep me in that first place.
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, for real, everybody should go listen to your episode. It was, it was definitely one of the best ones.
1: No, thanks. But, um,
2: other than that, fullyloadedclip.com. You can catch more of our content up there and that's really it.
1: All right, cool. Awesome. Well, I guess we're out of here.
2: All right.